Hey guys, and welcome to episode of Biomass 121. I want to thank you all for joining in. May it be through our stream on Twitch or the website, biomass.com, or if you're picking us up on our recording, either through the website or uh, through uh, iTunes. So, uh, we got a pretty long show uh, this week. We'll, we'll see how many of the topics we get through, so I won't, I won't list them off here, but uh, you know we'll certainly get to them all in the next coming weeks because there is a lot going on um, in the last week as well as uh, the PAX uh, convention going on. So there's lots of cool stuff to talk about. So without much further ado, let's go into introductions. We're starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. Hi, I'm Soraya Zell. Um, I'm a co-host here on the show, um, and I primarily play Overwatch and Black Desert. All right, and Bate? Hey everybody, I'm Bait, and I play Call of Duty, and I kind of like it. You're you're a filthy bastard. You should know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and Livy. Yes, I am Livy. I play the games. I write about the games. I blog about lifestyle, and today I'm drinking champagne. So we're gonna see how far in the bottle I can get. Oh, fantastic! See, she gets to drink. That's a I whole different type of show. show we can totally. Cheers. <laughs> we we could I, I I've tried it before I had like a, like a pretty decent amount of cider and by the end of the show I was I, luckily Jay was hosting because I was useless I was slurring my words my, my I forget which episode it was but my shout out was terrible because I could barely put two words together so if, if, if anyone have figures a happy out our episode we could do that if anyone figures out what episode that was let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, as a host, I can't drink, but we'll let Libby have her fun. So, um, I will I be the Lush Driven today. Lush Libby, there we go. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I am Pokey Draven. I obviously host on the show, write for the blog occasionally, uh, playing mostly Final Fantasy XIV right now, but perusing some other uh, offerings from various sources uh, as of late. So, uh, without much further ado, let's go into our first topic, which involves EVE Online. So, in more or less words, EVE Online has gone free-to-play, sort of. Um, basically, what they're offering is a system called Clone States, and if you're an existing player, all you have to know is really nothing has changed. However, if you do not play, or if you are not currently subscribed but have an active account, they have what are called Alpha Clones. And Alpha Clones are effectively uh, characters which have limited... Um, skills that they can train, but they have no time limit on how long they can play. And this is a free uh, account that you can use. So let's say I am either new to EVE Online or I have an existing account um, and I, I'm not paying for it, but I have I have a character on the server. I can load up the game. I'll have an alpha character or an alpha clone. And let's say I pick Kaldari whatever. I will be able to train uh, Kaldari ships of Frigates, destroyers, and cruisers, I think, is the limit. And um, all, the, all the weapon skills associated with those ships, but only for the Kaldari, at a reduced um, SP per hour rate. And it's effectively, from kind of how I'm reading it, it's basically a trial account with unlimited time and limited features. I mean, is that kind of the read you were taking from itself? Yeah, yeah it's a lot like, um, you know... Uh... Eve doesn't have like a, a real level cap. It doesn't really have give everybody levels, but it's very similar to WoW's um, kind of free to play mode. Um, is that they they made their trial a long time ago change from being a time limited trial to being a cap at level twenty, which is now they're at you know one hundred and ten. Um, it doesn't get you very far in the game, but it's enough for you to play it and get some experience and go around and try some different characters and stuff like that. And uh, much in the same way, even, you know, this is limiting you to a specific set of, um, you know, ships and a specific set of skills. They actually have each and every skill you can train to find out um, 
some of them they'll only let you go up to like level four, you know, or something like that. Um, so they they gate it very carefully there um, to to keep you in you know a very basic mode, and it, a lot of the things like production efficiency and stuff like that you're not going to be able to tap into to keep you from really competing with a paying player. Yeah, and I I mean honestly I I think it's a good thing for the game because previously you had a 21 day trial. Um, with limits on what you could trade as well, but most of the ones you were locked out of, you couldn't actually get to any ways within 21 days. But for anyone who's played EVE, you know that the game is basically awful for at least a month. Um, you, you really can't do much for the first 30 days or so. So basically you had a trial that you log in and it would suck for 21 days. Uh, and then they go, well, if you give us money, you can get to the fun part of the game, uh, which will happen in several it weeks. It never happens. It's uh, never a fun game. It never, it's a it never, it, 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 yeah, even as a second job, um, but <laughs> you know, some people like it. Um, I it wasn't it was too much of a time sink for me. But regardless, I think it's going to be a good thing for Eve Online in general because it does give people the ability to enjoy the game and actually get a fairly true experience. I mean, a lot of like the, the, the early PvP and stuff happens in you know low sec with frigates and stuff. It's it's fairly low cost PvP, um, but it it gives them a chance to actually train up some decent skills to have a, a fighting chance to actually compete. Um, in kind of that that small gang PvP sort of thing, um, as well as you know, kind of get in there with. Like, cause I, I think they would include like the mining frigates as well. I mean, do you, do you, I wonder if that'd be included. I don't like, think the, it the is. I don't, I don't believe it, it is. is. Um, but they should though. I mean, well, if you want to be a miner, you kind of want to go that direction with it. Each race has a mining frigate. They don't really want people doing do volume mining. Yeah, I mean, they've always had like a really. I mean, by mining for it, I mean it's like it's it's got like a mining bonus tacked on there. It's not a good one, um, and you can't use like any sort of like you can't use any sort of bulk mining tools. It's really just you know a, a bonus to your mining ways. But it's okay, enough. Again. You know, again, but that's the point is they want you able to try it, but not able to. Um, be effective at it. So sure, you could take a mining laser out there, you can poke at some rocks, but you're not going to be eating asteroid belts like, um, you know, your your ore ships do. Ore like ships. a barge, yeah. That's that's fair. I mean, that's a good point. If I forget that they, they did include some small mining bonuses on some of the, the smaller ships for each race, um, apart from the ore line, which is obviously what you actually want to go down if you want to become a miner in EVE. Uh, so, so I mean, this this is fairly limited, but I think it does give a a, a good chance for people to try. Now, do you think it's going to have any negative effects on the game, Zell? I mean, you're you're pretty well versed um, with the, Eve, and, and the, like, you know, what are, what are your thoughts? The biggest concerns people are demonstrating is they're worried about um, uh, possible multi-boxing effects if if you can spin up a bunch of free accounts and run them all off one PC. Um, and then the other thing that they're really uh, there are concerns about would be. Um, an increase in high sec ganking because people can create accounts that have no um, the ships that are good enough for gank for high sec ganking purposes that have no um, that won't be affected by any real penalty because you could just throw it away and create another one. Um, and I guess what they're talking about is potential things that they can do if they need to is like um, high sec has like a safety system to prevent you from accidentally um, getting yourself concorded in high sec. And they could, if they need to, they could enforce um, they could enforce the safeties on trial users, on alpha clones, so that you you can't high sec gank. Um, but there's a couple things like that. People are worried about scouts ending, you know, being, you know, alpha clones. People are worried about um, making sure that there's some way to differentiate um, with an API key so that when you um, 
consider letting someone into your alliance or corp, you can find out if they're just a throwaway alpha clone or if they're an actual subscribing player. See, I, I, I kind of assume that they would be fairly visible if the player was an alpha versus an omega clone. Um, not necessarily, and they do, and and they are not going to provide any mark or in the game of such whether or not people are subscribed. Because the big problem is if you have you know it affects um, long-standing players. So like my account's actually supposed to finally expire um, uh, around the same time they're going to roll this out, so I could still log in and play. And so it's a lot of intel to know. Oh well, my player can't use the majority of what I have you know with me clearly. Um, that's a, that's a lot of intelligence they don't want to give out, ne- just necessarily. So, um, I mean, that's kind of the cool thing, too, is people who, who don't want to, um, pay to keep going can, you know, still participate a little bit and have fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I, I think that it, the way that they rolled out the announcement was a little weird to me. I, I almost really think they'd want to present it more as a trial account rather than kind of this weird clone lore whatever if you want to call yeah, it yeah they were over kind of that headline i was like yeah. I looked at this i'm like what the heck is this and i read it and i'm like oh okay it's a free-to-play model <laughs> like, yeah yeah i mean i got i got really confused at first i'm like wait 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 what and, and they're like okay now i know you're probably freaking out right now but keep reading trust us it's okay i'm like just just get to the point early on you know uh but you know like you said this sort of thing when they when they roll it out it's going to be kind of a you know see what the, what the effects are i i don't think it's going to be too negative. I think that there probably will be some some abuse. There'll like be thread knots. Yeah, I mean there'll, there'll be thread knots, and, and the gank is a good example of one that they'll probably have to kind of to rein in just to you know keep things. You you, you want to offer a free to play um, option to you know boost player count. I think I think this really will help you know encourage people to actually give it a shot because the twenty one day trial was terrible. Um, and this will probably be a good thing for E, but they also don't want to disrupt the existing player base too much um, with something that should be, for the most part, completely unrelated to them because they're obviously already playing and, and they shouldn't be negatively affected too much. Um, and, and I do like, um, as a sidebar, how they're kind of handling the question of, well, what if I have an existing account and I'm sitting in a ship that my alpha clone can't use? Is it going to boot me out of my ship and I'll have this you know, expensive ship floating in space and I can't do anything about it. They, they kind of took the approach of you can fly it if you're already in it, but the modules that you wouldn't normally have access to with an alpha clone will not work. And I think once you get out of the ship, you're out of it. You can't get back into it until you upgrade. If you're in like a, a, a Titan, you're still screwed because um, well, you can't yeah. jump. <laughs> You know, if if you can't use any of the skills or modules, you know, you can slow boat to the nearest station and dock, and that's about what you can do. Yeah. It is nice, however, that it kind of avoids the whole four hours to activate a flex thing they had going on before, where they would turn your account on if it wasn't paid, so you could hit the button to activate a plex to extend your account a month. Now you can just log in and use it. You know, it's it's a lot simpler. There's stuff like that that is a lot simpler. Um, Yeah. So, like, and I was surprised it took them so long. I expected this a couple years ago. Honestly, I expected WoW to do free-to-play a couple years ago, and they're still... They keep looking like they're going to go like full free-to-play at some point. Um, I mean, EVE couldn't do it because of the way their economy works. They can't completely go free-to-play. Um, but I mean, you know, WoW and EVE are some of the last like subscription-based MMOs out there. Um, they're... It's a dying breed to expect people to pay a monthly fee to uh, play a game that normally isn't too too much better than what you can now play for free. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fair point. And another question that I've got for you guys is uh, we, we do know that, that the intention, at least at this point or last we heard, was that Nova would be, again, free to play like Dust was. Or, or rather, freedom, but maybe not like us. Do you think that CCP will adopt a similar model that they're using for Eve for Nova to offer perhaps a uh, a subscription-based upgraded account, which offers additional benefits, but still keep, you know, for the most part, a fairly open uh, free-to-play aspect to, to maintain that? What, what do you guys think? You think they'll go with that direction? Or do you think I, it's going to be more of just dust-style free-to-play? I'd like to think they'll do a subscription option of some sort, but unlike this, where the you know the free account is very restricted, I. I can't fathom them not having, you know, whatever Nova or, you know, turns out to be being like a, you know, letting free users get everything, you know, eventually after about 500 years of waiting. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially since the Eve can get away with it because its genre is not highly competitive. You, you don't find a lot of games like Eve out there. I mean, there's obviously some more in recent days, but... You know, for the most part, Eve is, is fairly unique in, in how it plays. A first-person shooter on PC, however, is basically a dime a dozen, and it's you just don't see subscription-based FPS games anymore it, or mm. at all. It it doesn't exist. So I, I think that, like like Zell said, it's going to have to be much less restrictive. And I think that even if it was just a hey, you know, and this is how it works in Eve too. The the, the Omega clone, which is the the, subs- the subscription clone, has increased skill training speed. It would be the same way in, in, in Nova, where it's like you can buy boosters, and you know, we'll have a cash shop, and you can boost up your speed. Or if you pay the subscription, you get basically boosters on all the time for maybe a little less per month than if you had purchased the items. I disagree. That I, I think that I disagree that there's no subscription FPSs. What's the subscription FPS? So, subscription? Let me give you an example. Well, ish. You buy Call of Duty at $60. You spend $45 or so over the course of the year buying DLC. And if you don't buy the DLC, then you're stuck in the old playlists with the old maps that very a lot less people are in because everyone's playing the new DLC maps. So then, a year from then... Right then, they sell the next game, which is sixty bucks again. And if you don't, if you don't buy that, then you're stuck playing the old game. And there's only a few people that are actually in the old games. It's really hard to find matches and stuff because everybody's playing the new game. So you have to buy the new game, and then they sell you DLC packs over the course of that year. I mean, these games you spend a hundred and twenty dollars a year on Call of Duty alone. Well, it's a subscription, ten bucks a month. Though, it, it, you really have to look at how many people actually buy the map packs in a shooter like Call of Duty or even Battlefield, because once they do, you know, obviously there's that surge for I don't know, maybe six months or whatever, or three months, um, that where people will be playing the DLC maps. But then, you know, they realize that well, there's not as many people playing the DLC maps as as there were, you know, three months ago. So they're going to go back to the normal playlist. I mean, and it's not like the normal playlist is divided. My uh, point is, is that it's, it is a yearly if you grind. Queue in for a, I guess, like if you queue in for a, a team deathmatch in Call of Duty, um, you you get in with the general population, and you just have a little thing in your uh, was it like bottom right hand of your screen saying that your DLC is active. And if I assume, I don't know, I've never bought a DLC pack for Call of Duty, but I assume. If um, if the you know the general populace has um, the map pack, then it'll appear in the map queue. And if not, and if the vote for the map gets passed, they just boot the one player that doesn't have the uh, 
the the pack. I mean, so it's not really separating anybody, I don't think. Generally, every Call of Duty game I've played, they actually have completely separate queues for, um, like, a rotation of the original maps and a rotation of the maps for any given DLC pack. And you, you when you go into multiplayer, you pick one of those. You can't get a, a shuffle of all of them, usually. And you can, on you can only generally play the rotate, you know... A rotation with the people that have the DLC pack you have. I shall go check on that then. I'm kind of curious to how long that business model will, will survive, though. I think for the most part, especially as more games start doing it, like I'll use like Battleborn or Overwatch for an example, where they just characters and maps are free. Like there, there is no need. And, and I mean, there may be some advantage to owning like a season pass. You can unlock the character easier, but regardless, you can still get it for free. And so no one has ever, you know, segregated. I think that's kind of becoming the norm. I don't know how much longer Call of Duty can survive on, you know, selling map packs. I, I don't think. I mean, I'd really be nice Call to get rid of the DLC. They are entrenched. The yeah, I, I, there's other ways to make money. They've proven it that there's ways to to to, to maintain servers and, and keep that funding flowing without segregating the population. I don't think that that is going to survive much longer because people are starting to get real sick of it for the games that do do it because there are other offerings which do not do that and they, they keep the player base together because, I mean, you do raise a good point, Sal. I, I, in a way, you are effectively heavily encouraged to keep paying on a fairly regular basis so you can keep up with the content, so you can keep playing with everyone in the same way because you feel like you're getting less experience if you don't keep paying. Um, and maybe it's maybe it's mental, just like a mental thought for me that I would rather just pay a monthly fee and have them give me continual updates rather than have to pay for the updates separately every single time. That's like, been a thing for me. I'm, is I've been saying I I would have back when I was playing Call of Duty, you know, back when Call of Duty was fun. Um, I honestly I said multiple times, get, just give me a freaking subscription. I'm happy to pay 15 bucks a month to this game to be able to always access you know the old maps, get new maps. Not have to worry about oh well this this new game came out and so now you don't get to play on all the other maps you know I would I would love to be to see Call of Duty as just like a straight service yeah and I mean you see that even in software like Adobe Adobe um, Creative Suite is like that they've stopped selling the software as individual packages you just oh don't get me started on that one don't get me started I I, I know you, you, but you did it you already did they, it you're they, too far it's okay, yeah, here's the thing it's a piece of software. That the same software version from 10 years ago works exactly the same for 98% of its users. The only reason they charge a subscription for it is because they weren't making, they weren't bringing in nearly enough money on people buying the new version every time around. But it does keep the cost of entry lower because you aren't spending $700 up front. Just like you may not be spending, you know, 60 bucks up front for the game. You're not spending $700. You're not paying $700 up front. You're just paying $3,000. Over time. Well, yeah. I mean, the, it, 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 you, you probably will spend more in the long run, but for someone trying to get in on, you know, part of their business where they need to have Photoshop, they may not be able to invest that much up front. I mean, it would be nice if they had maybe the option to go either way, um, but that won't happen. But the point is that it, for some people like me, it made it easier to get in and get the software and actually start making money with it without needing the capital up front to actually, you know, get in there and start going. But regardless, <laughs> pricing models aside for Photoshop, um, point is I, I don't think that that map packs are going to survive for much longer. I, I don't think that people are are cool with that, and I, I think it's much more. Uh, you feel like the money is more worth it if it's well supported, um, 
consistently. Like I'll use Final Fantasy XIV for example. You get new dungeons constantly. You know, every update, those are all free included in the subscription. I mean, it's not free, but it's part of the subscription. And I know I'm going to pay this much, and I can expect approximately at this interval I'm going to get new content, and the production quality is up there. And then you, sure, if you have a big expansion, you know a year and a half, two years down the line that you pay for the next big chunk of the game, which is typically the same size as the initial game you bought. So it's not just a small update. It is a pretty much a full new game using the old game space. I'm fine with that. But I, I think that that is more gratifying in, my, in how I spend my money rather than I feel like I am almost encouraged where I have to buy premium items a la carte or buy DLC. And then once they reach the threshold, they go, okay, now we'll make the next one. You know, to, to me, that feels like I'm. I have to spend money to get more content, rather than just I'm going to give you this much every month, and I expect you to release it on this interval, and it's going to be this size and this quality. And if they're consistent with that, I, I think people are okay. Otherwise, you run into the Destiny problem where they spend sixty bucks, get a game that's too short. They go, okay, well, don't worry. If you buy our DLC, we'll add new content. They clear the content in less than a day and go, uh, okay, so I. <laughs> What the hell? I would have rather just bought Destiny, had a, you know a, 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 a monthly fee or whatever, and just have them release the stuff on a regular basis rather than these big packs where I'm expecting a certain amount of content because I paid a certain amount of money for this chunk of content, and if I don't get it, I'm going to feel like I wasted my money. I mean, that's. I mean, do you guys agree that's that's how DLC often feels for for a lot of these games coming out recently? Say what now? Oh my god. <laughs> It's like it's like you you I, I, just I wasted you. your entire time. Well, no, no, like here, here's the thing. I mean, eventually the map packs are going to be free. I mean, Battlefield does it already, so I, I don't see. I should be. I mean, eventually, yeah. When the next game comes out, I feel like the DLC should be the the map packs at least. If we're still talking Call of Duty or Battlefield, um, or even other games, even uh, I I can't think of another example, but we'll use those two for now. Uh, you know, as soon as the next the next game comes out, or three months into the next game's uh, life cycle, the I, it, I feel like you should just go ahead and say, okay, here here's the map packs for the last game, enjoy them, uh, and you know, buy the next game or whatever, and then repeat the next cycle. I mean, en- enough people buy Call of Duty and Battlefield anyway that I don't think those two uh, franchises are going to have a problem. Um, it's not that they have a problem and don't have enough money. It's that the CEO of Activision wants more money. And that's fine. I mean, people are still going to buy the map packs. I mean, I'm not, but the kid two doors down is. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see the issue. Unless you just don't want the CEO of Activision to have more money, in which case. Does anyone okay. want the CEO of Activision to have more money? Really? I don't care, really? I don't care how much money that guy no, has. No, no one wants that. Why not? No one feels better about that, except for him. Okay. Okay, we're we're going off track here. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's obviously an ongoing discussion on on how games are being monetized moving forward, and I, I think we'll see a lot of new things popping up and how companies try to make money and you know how ethical it is or how gratifying it is to the players who are you know spending that money. So we'll obviously this will be an ongoing topic. Ooh, one, um, more one more thing, thing you, for I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you know it's kind of stupid though. You talking about uh, games trying to make money. Freaking microtransactions have started to pop up in Call of Duty, and they're kind of annoying, but, I mean, they're not, like, in your face by my uh, microtransactions. It's just, it's weird. I didn't think I'd ever see one in a shooter, at least, or especially not in Call of Duty. 
Yeah, and it, it's the and kind of microtransaction that I don't like, where it's mm-hmm. it's randomized, mm-hmm. where you're you're rolling on a yes. chance to get something yeah. you may want. Like I know Zell commented about this a, a while ago, but I was complaining about the prices of drop suit skins and dust. But he raised a good point that at least then you know exactly what you're going to get for the price, you rather do. than I'm going to roll fifty times and maybe not get the thing I actually wanted in the first place. Yep. Yeah, loot boxes are about. loot boxes are a terrible thing. Phone games use them like crazy and i absolutely hate it like it, it is the fast way to turn me off of a phone game is oh just keep rolling on these metals and you might get a rare one and it might be awesome please spend 50 dollars. Like, i mean not gonna I happen mean, overwatch has loot boxes but at least like overwatch gives you free loot boxes regularly so i don't feel any inclination to buy more random chances oh, of getting yeah, things no. i will just take the free random stuff like a little lottery you know, thing, whenever they hand me one. Yeah, and, and Call of Duty does the same thing. I mean, you, you play a match and you get, like, one of the little keys, and then once you get 10 or 30 keys, then, you know, you can unlock a, a, a random box and, you know, get whatever. And, I mean, that I have no problem with. I don't, it, it, it doesn't make me want to spend money to get, you know, the, the, the weapon or whatever that's in the box. I just don't like that model of monetization yeah especially when it becomes obnoxious like we had in, in dust where you've got you know nine thousand boxes and no keys to unlock mm-hmm. them it's like okay, just you stop, could build an entire point. you could bu- build an entire additional game with all of your strong boxes like that's what you, that's well, what should be nova you push a key and it just transforms all the textures into strong boxes <laughs> there you go no, no, see, if, if they had done more with that, like if like you could try to force the box open with a really low with a really like a really low chance of success, otherwise it would be destroyed if you failed. I, I'd actually like that more. I'd actually have a purpose then. Like if I okay, you get like a five percent chance of actually getting something out of this thing if you try to force it open, I would actually be excited about getting boxes because I could maybe still get something out of it without having to get you know the rare drop of a key, um, opposed to them just stacking up because the ratio of drop rates was completely absurd. Like. It was pointless to get the boxes at all. You might also just give me the keys with the ability to buy the boxes because everyone had thousands of them. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was dumb. They could have done a whole lot more with that system, and unfortunately, just never branched out. So CCP, if you're listening, give us a scavenger roll. Give us a game. There you go. Give us a game. Give us a game. <laughs> a game first. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take a base game at this point. I mean, hell, I'm, I've gotten so complacent with them taking forever. I've started building a dust game in the Doom Snap Map Map Builder, like just because I can. It, it, shooting demons is better than shooting nothing. They may not be drones, but it's still, you know, something you can do. Um, yeah. So, anything else on that before we move on to the other small Eve? No, I think, I think we, we have? we've beat on our, we, we, our we usual monetization one. pony a lot. Yeah, we've also consumed way more time than we should have. <laughs> We're going to yeah, have lots of topics yeah, all over next week. Yeah, um, so one small thing that popped up in one of the recent um, Eve, was it one of the Chronicles or whatever that the Eve puts out, kind of um, a little lore story. Uh, World News, the okay. New Eden Today, whatever. Yeah, they're they're in lore um, news blurbs. Um, this one actually was, I don't read these normally. Um, this was actually uh, Dustmark who pointed this out to us. And um, it, you know, it's a it's a story about the um, uh, coronation of the new uh, Amar uh, Empress after the last one got um, offed um, abruptly. And there's just a mention in here um, that uh, 
Speaking when questioned regarding the presence of the Imperial Guard, the General confirmed that while the exact details of the operation are classified, part of today's objective is a basic field test of uh, new drop suit technology that has recently been developed. And so, you know, the word drop suit got mentioned, so, um, uh, you know, dozens of remaining Dust fans, you know, popped their heads out, of, out of their holes and were like, down. what? Drop suits? Yeah, m mass seizures all over the place as they drooled and... and you know, flail about in excitement. But I mean, while it is very cool that they, they mentioned that and it, it could mean something, chances are it doesn't necessarily mean anything concrete. I mean, I think that, uh, I forget who, who's the lore guy over at CCP, the, the, the head of the lore group. Do you remember Zell? No, no. Okay. No. Regardless, he commented that basically dust, dust mercenaries or, or, or clone mercenary soldiers still exist in the universe. They just aren't playable. So, it's not like they got wiped off the map and this is, oh, look, there's going to be new new game. It's coming out tomorrow. Um, this this could simply just be a bit of war and not mean anything concrete. But it, it could you know, I mean that they're kind of trying to, to do a tie-in, which would be cool. But regardless, while neat, don't freak out over it and assume everything because it, it's most likely fairly non-meaningful in, in its, its announcement. Alpha when? Alpha when. Okay, so enough about about E for now. Uh, so I'm going to preface this with, typically speaking, uh, we at Biomass are not uh, oriented to any particular political orientation or commentary or anything, but this one is too funny to pass up. We've gone off the We're rails on trying. politics once or, once or twice, but yeah. Well, once or twice, but we try to avoid it. But there is a game that Livy discovered um, that I let her introduce uh, because it is it is hilarious regardless of how you see the issue it is pretty funny so Libby, do you want to want to go ahead and explain what uh you found sure can you hear me oh yeah you're good okay my mouse is being stupid okay so if anybody's been watching politics they know that uh the company mylan is under heat for making the EpiPen absurdly expensive and so somebody some magical person we came up with the game, EpiPen Tycoon, in which you can go through the process of selling your EpiPen to poor individuals with severe allergies and hike the prices up until they literally choke to death. Well, you, you have to keep raising the price, otherwise your, your multi-million dollar salary starts to go down. So you have to constantly raise it, otherwise you lose money. Yeah, because God forbid, you know, your annual income is less than $5 billion. <laughs> it, I actually... It's funny because... Oh, go ahead, Zell. <laughs> well, I was going to say that, you know, the whole the whole thing is that it went from, like, you know, $300 up to, like, 600 and uh No, I, dude, it was 100 bucks When I first needed an EpiPen, the thing was, like, that, 50 that was like That was, like, before they Mylan owned them, though. But, like, when Mylan first owned them, it was, like, 300 And And then, um, but anyways, so the, I got I got mine up to, um, it took me a couple tries, but I got up to $950 for a set of EpiPens, and, and then, then I couldn't hold back the public outrage anymore, and I lost. I made a thousand three dollars right now. Yeah, pretty soon I, I think you lose the game when um, <laughs> activists uh, pretty much get tired of your drug prices, or, or the piles of bodies outside your headquarters get so high that people can no longer get to your your building to buy the pen. That that also could probably be a, a <laughs> right. major you, factor. You can you can <laughs> offer discounts like two percent off, or oh, when the generic comes out, people are kind of like, okay, I see, I'm more, you know, whatever. Yeah, you can he, call, the, guy call, walks up call and the CEO's dad, who's a senator, and that, that solves the problem, too. 
there's a there's a lot of little solutions in there. It's 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 great. Oh yeah, if you if you get if you lower the price too much, your investors will limit your private jet usage. <laughs> darn, <It's>, darn. <laughs> yeah, it, it is pretty funny. And where did you find this living online? Um, I just went to uh, EpiPenTycoon.com. There you have it, guys. So it's we free can online link it on, game. I'll link our, it on the Twitter. <laughs> It'll be linked in our show notes as well. Um, but uh, it's it's pretty easy to remember how to how how it is. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a free little you know web game, and it's it's stupidly hilarious. Yep. All right. So uh, moving forward, so uh, we I've talked about this in the past uh, about the Final Fantasy XV universe and the. Final Fantasy XV movie, Kingsglaive, came out this week, or maybe it was last week, but it was in theaters uh, near us uh, over in Arizona uh, last week. So Livy and I uh, did our biomass duty and went out and took a look at it to uh, give you the scoop on that. So uh, as a bit of a backstory, the Final Fantasy XV Kingsglaive movie was intended to be basically a standalone movie that you could watch without playing the game, because the game isn't out, obviously, so you... I went into this basically knowing very little about what actually happens in the plot. Um, and so you can see the movie, and it's it's a full-length movie. It's a little under two hours, I think. And uh, it's all full CGI. And uh, it tells the story of basically what's happening. It starts off like before the game starts, and it ends slightly after the game starts. So it's kind of what's going on in the game inside the uh, crown city of Lucis. And it revolves kind of around King Regis, who is the father of Prince Noctis, who's the main character of the game. So it's about his father and what happens um, while Noctis is playing, you know, while, while you're doing the events of the game early on. So, and like I said, the intention was that it's a standalone game. You could play the game without ever seeing the movie and you wouldn't be left out. And you could watch the movie without playing the game and you would still understand what's going on. So um, I would say that that doesn't quite uh, hold true. Um, first of all, the, the movie was was quite good. I liked it. The the issue is, is that while you can watch the movie with no prior understanding of the game and understand what is going on all the way through, because it's open ended in that it, it it is intended to roll into the game, you don't really quite grasp why unless you are interested in the events of the game and intend to play it and have some further background understanding of, of what's going on or what's going to happen. Um, so that's that's probably why the movie actually got fairly poor reviews because I think that unless you are invested in this Final Fantasy XV universe, you're going to kind of struggle to care at the end what happened. I mean, it, it's it's obviously you, you care about what happens in the movie, but it, it's it's open ended in that they're going we're doing all of this because of people in the game, and you okay okay well that's great, but I want to know what happens because I want to know why we did all these things because you know it's obviously important as you told me, but I don't know why exactly yet. So I think in that sense that if you plan on playing the game, definitely go see the movie. It, it's not running in main theaters; you have to go to kind of specialty theaters to uh, to see it. Um, but it is definitely worth your time. The CGI is absolutely incredible. I think it's it's by far the best CGI I've ever seen in a movie. Like there, there are countless scenes where you could take a screenshot and you could easily convince almost anybody that it is real because it's so, it's so realistic. It's so crisp and, and, and gorgeous. Um, but yeah, what were your thoughts, Livy? I know you, you saw it with me, obviously. What, what did you think about, you know, the, the movie in general and, and the story and, and whatnot? What, what do you think? I think the story in the beginning, I mean, this is my opinion, it was kind of slow in the beginning. So anyone who isn't like already amped up to play the game is 
going to wonder what the hell's happening. And then the end is like a roller coaster of let's just get it to the end. I mean, it's perfect. I loved it. But um, the not, the person who doesn't play Final Fantasy would probably fall asleep in the first 20 minutes just from not knowing what hap- what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it has the misfortune of when your your world is built around a game that's intended to be played over 60 to 120 hours and you only have two hours in the movie, you have to world build, you know, quite a bit because you're assuming no one knows anything about what's going on. So mm-hmm. it, it does move pretty slow and then kind of snowballs into this massive, like, way over-the-top, awesome, action-y ending. Like, it, it's it's pretty crazy, but like, like took, she said, it, took- it, it's slow in the beginning. Yeah, they took the intensity of the wedding from, uh, what was it, Final Fantasy X? Okay, yeah. Am I thinking, like, that's what it felt like it was coming up to, to a certain point, and then it just, it went, you know, somewhere else, but it just seemed like that's all it was about. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lot of political um, elements to it because I mean, it's it's about rivaling countries trying to invade each other and keep each other out, and it's political maneuvering and espionage and all that. Um, so it, it, it's not always clear in what they're they're trying to get at. By the end of the movie, you 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 understand what happened and why things happened the way they did. Um, yes. You just don't know what's going to happen moving forward because, like I said, it's meant to roll into the game because one of the characters is a main character in the game she it's not a playable character but it is one that you will most definitely interact with um on a fairly deep level so or or not playable as we think there's a lot of loopholes i think were left wide open i hope that they i hope that they give answers or else it'll just seem silly well yeah there's there are some some plot holes that i i really hope they fill because they seem important but i think that if they had filled them in the movie, it would have ultimately been spoilers for the game, um, which is obviously again, their their primary focus to make sure they don't spoil things for the game. But it it is interesting in, in a lot of the questions it raises. And I think that, like I said, if you aren't going to be infuriated by those because you're planning on playing the game, it's definitely worth it. Um, otherwise, you, you might find yourself kind of frustrated with the story and, and a lot of what's going on because... While very beautiful, like from from a, a cinematic you know visual standpoint, it is absolutely over. Like it's it, it's it's amazing. But from a plot line, you're gonna want to play the game to to really appreciate it. I think. Yeah, and there was some total eye candy in it. So you know, if you're a girl just being dragged to it, there's some total bishy moments in there that are not too bad either. Too bad either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> I, I have to I have to say that the, the Kingsglaive who are kind of this elite force that work directly under the king and they they can use the king's magic which is basically you know they can they can throw their their weapon which is usually a dagger and then teleport wherever that is and they'll match the speed and location of the weapon um it it, it proves to be some really spectacular uh fight scenes and the stuff they can do where this one guy throws the the, the blade in midair and then teleports midair and then changes directions by throwing it a different direction like it it's it's very cool but uh as Lily pointed out there there are some some very attractive characters both male and female uh in in the show i'm i'm, I'm more partial to Luna than she is, but uh, you know, it, it, it's it's definitely worth your time for uh, some eye candy there. One thing to note is that there is going to be um, if you get the I think if you buy the digital download version or if you uh, receive the physical copy by either purchase or it is included in your uh, collector's edition, um, it's going to come with obviously all of the typical stuff from a, a movie, you know, deleted scenes, background information, all that kind of stuff. So um, 
like I said, there, there are some plot holes, but you know, there's probably some a little additional tidbits that, that were left out um, that are included in the actual uh, uh, commercial uh, version of the, the movie. So uh, once again, I, I think it was a really good um, it was a really good uh, movie. Uh, I, I'm obviously interested in the game, so I, I enjoyed it. I want to know more, and I'm going to get more. Um, but if you are not interested in playing the game and aren't interested in seeing it just for the visuals, I'd probably give it a pass. Uh, simply because you might be a little frustrated with the story, or or wait until someone compiles all the cutscenes from Final Fantasy XV and then watch it as a follow up to the movie. Oh, that'd be good. I mean, if yeah. you're not interested, you just want to see two movies. Boom, there you go. Well, and you know that the Final Fantasy game always has absurd amount of cutscenes, like it. Yeah, it's basically you can get a movie. <laughs> Well, in, in case they've kind of felt like a series of cutscenes, to be honest with you, like a, a lot of it was a little disjointed because there was so much going on. It, it bounced around to get all the angles of, of an event. So it did feel like a series of cutscenes, which, you know, it, it can feel disjointed, but you still do get to enjoy the story. And a lot of those video game, a lot of YouTubers do a really good job at actually compiling them and including little bits of gameplay so that the transition between cutscenes cut does make sense. Um, that you could probably get a, a pretty lengthy. I mean, hell, the, the, the main scenario is probably, I think they said 60 hours, 50 to 60 hours, and then there's the side quest. So you're probably looking at maybe another six hours of cutscenes throughout the entire mo- uh, game. Like, it's multiple movies, like Lord of the Rings level stuff here. So, you know, there's there's definitely content if you don't want to play the game but want to enjoy the whole thing. Like Libby said, check out YouTube videos after the fact, and I'm sure someone will put something together you can watch and enjoy. And yeah, but totally if you're interested, you can watch it on, I think, what, PS, PSN now? You can buy a ticket I for it? I think PlayStation has it. Um, I'm not sure if it's available on uh, other providers. I haven't looked too closely, but uh, yeah, take a look around. And if you're interested in more uh, non-game Final Fantasy XV stuff, if you go on Crunchyroll or YouTube, you can also watch the Final Fantasy XV anime, which they are streaming free um, every few weeks. So the uh, episodes one through four are currently out. They're about 15 minutes each. It kind of gives a background story of the characters that are um, with Prince Noctis and, and kind of show how they met him and, and their, their backstory. So if you want more, you can definitely check that out. And uh, it's definitely worth your time. And that being said, if you do go see King's Slated Theaters, stay till after the credits because it, there is a tie into the game afterwards, a short little tie in. So it's worth seeing through the credits and, and oh, taking a look at that. Oh, yeah. That's like the best part. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that, that made me smile. That was, that was well done. Um, but yeah. Uh, so moving along, uh, Bates, I know that you gave Battlefield 1 a shot um, this week, or was it last week? And, uh, uh, I, I did as well, and, and Libby uh, watched on SharePlay. So what are your thoughts, man? What do you think of Battlefield 1? You know, I I loaded it up and I got into it, and I didn't like it at first. But then I, I said, okay, I'm, I've been excited for this game. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to try to play the beta. And I did, and it began to grow on me, and I really began to fell in love with it what did you because I, I played it, it for for um probably about three or four rounds um the other night and i i didn't care for it so what did you not like about it initially at first i felt like that everybody was just rolling around in tanks which are really really powerful um obviously there is no uh, no heat seeking rocket launcher or um or, or anything like that. There's still anti-tank mines, and there's an anti-tank turret, um, and anti-tank grenades, but there's no heat-seeking rocket that makes it super easy 
to to kill tanks. So that was kind of frustrating. Um, there's no there's no bullet drop for snipers. So you have people who are um, you know snipers who are really really good um, with with those snipers because uh, there is no bullet drop. Whereas you know previous battle games, Battlefield Three, Battlefield Four. Um, you would have to aim up when you were sniping just above your target so that the drop would, would still hit them. None of that in this. Um, I feel like some of the guns um, had really bad uh, recoil issues, which I can kind of understand. I mean, it's, it's, it's World War One, um, But I don't know if that was what they were going for or if that's just something that they need to work out. No, that's interesting because that, that was my, my prime complaint is <laughs> I think I said in our chat, I said, basically, all I've done so far is get blown up by tanks, and when I survive the tank, I get my head blown off by a sniper. Like, it was, <laughs> if, if I could actually engage infantry that didn't have a sniper rifle or in armor, I actually did pretty well. Like, the, the little support yeah. LMG was, was pretty badass. I really liked that. Like, that was fun, but I couldn't ever actually get close enough to do anything like that because I'd get, you know, blown apart. I could either take the cover and get, you know, uh, bottlenecked by a tank or go in the open and get my head blown off by a sniper. And I, that was extremely frustrating for me because I felt like I, I really struggled to counter both of those because, one, I'm a terrible sniper, so I can't really, you know, fight back too easily with a fight back because, you know, with an LMG or even like a, like a machine gun, I, you, can't, you can't do much at that mm -hmm. range because these guys are way the hell up there. Um, the, the tanks were a little easier to deal with because you actually did have some AV weapons. It was it was annoying because you more or less had to be up against them with the AV grenades to yes. do it, but you it was doable. Like you could actually do something. Uh, I would I would gas them actually. The gas grenades would be a nice way to get them to hop out. <laughs> they get stuck in an area. And I just oh. I just gas the tank and they would start piling out like one after the other and I I mow them down. But yeah, they were they were tough to deal with directly. Does the gas affect the people inside? I, I think so. I mean, I, I oh, haven't been gassed, cool. but I, I threw cool. a gas grenade at the thing, and they all started getting out for no reason other than I assumed they were choking and dying. So, or maybe you know, they thought that you had thrown a tank grenade. I don't know. I, it makes I, it me was wonder. weird. But, makes me I wonder. mean, the, the tanks obviously aren't airtight, so it would make sense that they wouldn't be in the, yeah. the gas. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I wasn't personally gassed while I was in the tank, so I can't tell you if that's actually how it works, but it seemed to work, so I, I kept doing it, and that was, that was pretty cool. But <laughs> with your testimony, I might have to give it another shot. Um, I asked because I was curious if you had the same complaints I did, and you obviously yeah. do, so I, I might play with it a bit more and, and see what I think. Uh, do you know how much longer the beta is running for? I have no idea. I'm, I've just got it on my Xbox. I'm just going to let it sit there and keep playing it until they tell me I can't. Taking a look here. While you're did doing you, it, uh, oh, go ahead. Did you ever spawn the, the train, the, the armor train? Fuck yeah, I did, dude. God, that was a lot <laughs> of fun. The train is retarded. <laughs> it's so fun, though. Because, I mean, the, the greatest thing is you spawn on that train, and everybody who knows how to fly or knows what the fuck they're doing with the plane gets in a plane and they try to bomb your little, your little, uh, your train. Well, those, the turrets on the train, they have, um, a complete 180 degree, um, uh, view so you can look up and you can look to the sides and this that and the other and so you just get the the people in your in your train turrets to, sh to start shooting out of the planes and it's really fun gameplay the, at least being in the uh, in the train I can't fly that well so I didn't bother to get in the, in the oh yeah plane that much planes. I I was I found myself a lot better um, with the planes um, in this one I did try them out but I didn't try to shoot down the the train. 
And that's another thing that's that, a- that I found myself getting killed by was people in attack planes and bombers flying over objectives and, and dropping bombs and flying really low and using the um, the airplane's turrets to, to shoot you. And there's no real good anti-air counter, uh, at least not that I know of. Um, so that was kind of annoying. Yeah, it's like you just sit there and freaking take it. Yeah. Yeah, I would just shoot at him with like the LMG and just hope I'd hit something or damage the vehicle. I don't even know if you can damage the planes with the small arms, but I was like, I'm uh, gonna I try because I'm I about to think. blow up. Yeah. I mean, these aren't exactly you know F1 fighters here. They're they're biplanes. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. old world. I mean, it, it is enjoyable, um, especially seeing after playing uh, World of Tanks to see the older tanks um, mm-hmm. in Battlefield, and they're the same tanks I was using in uh, World of Tanks. Um, some of the lower tier ones, the old world, world World War One style ones. That was that was actually kind of fun to see them in a different setting, but basically kicking ass as usual. I mean, it, the the vehicle combat is is actually quite potent, like you said. Um, I didn't get hit by the planes as much. Um, it was mostly the tanks and the snipers I had trouble with. But uh, I will say that despite my frustrations, they really do nail that sense of there is a crap load of stuff going on at any given moment. Like no matter where you are on that map something is blowing up next to you. Like it gives you a really good sense of immersion that you are on a battlefield. Um, you aren't, you're, you're never really searching for enemies. There, you're, there's always something that you have to, uh, something, something shooting at you or you're shooting at, you know, it, it's, it's definitely chaotic. And I really did enjoy that level of, of the gameplay. It reminded me a bit of um, mag back in the day, which had obviously big battles as well. That was, it felt like an actual war zone, which was, you know, they, they did a really good job. And on that note, the game is absolutely gorgeous. Like it, it's, so it looks fantastic. It does. I, I will say that I did have not too many glitches with um, the gameplay itself, but the networking was was kind of tricky. Mm. Um, I don't like how I'm not sure how to do it on Xbox, but I don't like how um, it's directly tied to your chat party um, on PlayStation Four because PlayStation Four has chats that are independent of the game that you load into. And the game more or less forces you to use the people in that group as your group. I don't think you can actually group up with people outside the chat if you are um, in a chat yourself. I think it's uh, it was either we were having trouble with it until we actually all grouped together that it was able to work. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure that's a glitch or that was intentional. Um, that was the biggest one I found. I know that it has had a lot of issues. Other than that, have you experienced any nasty glitches while playing? I, I'm not sure what you're uh, what you're on about. I can the the way that we did. Uh, we got in an Xbox party outside of the game, and we had a couple of people playing, um, you know, like Fallout or whatever, the g- games that weren't Battlefield. And then there were about three of us uh, who decided to load into Battlefield. We were able to stay in our Xbox party um, and not have to switch over to any kind of in-game chat once we got in the thing. We started to squad up. I started to send them game invites. And be like, hey, join my join my battlefield squad, so that you know we can get in the same match in the same uh, the same squad in the game. But I was still able to talk with my friends playing Fallout and other games, um, without any issue. Yeah, and like I said, we we were we, we got to work eventually, but I, I'm guessing it was probably a glitch because it was it was just being very weird. But that was that was some of the trouble of the the game has been experiencing. I think it's had a lot of other glitches that people have been complaining about. I don't think I played long enough to to really see it. Um, my brother was having some trouble with uh, some weapons not sw- uh, swapping properly. Like he'd try switching in. It would try to give him a weapon he didn't have unlocked yet, oh. which would result oh. in just having empty hands with no gun. Um, I never came across that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of small little random things yeah. all over the place. And yeah. I'm, it's nothing that felt 
too game breaking, just them being to polish up some of the, the structure of, of how the code was working and whatnot. So I, I think they'll, they'll probably get it together. It's just been having a lot of issues, I think, for, for many people throughout the beta. Because, you know, God forbid a beta be actually a beta uh, and not uh, just a demo. <laughs> what I did run into, though, was a lot of trying to vault up into, like, um, like there was a point where it was kind of mountainous, and it gave me the option to leap up, to pull myself up onto the next, um, up onto the ledge to get on top of the, uh, the, the hill or the rock or whatever. And I would, I would do the, the animation to, to climb up, and then I would immediately fall back down to the ground. Um, so that, that kind of got annoying. Um, and it, it wasn't on just, it wasn't just on, you know, things like rocks. It was for um, things like walls. Um, so I, I ran into that several times and get and ended up getting killed for a uh, a, as a result. Yeah, the, the movement was a little glitchy. I'll, I'll give mm-hmm. you that. Um, I, I didn't have too many issues, but I, I heard I've heard that complaint from some of the people I played with. So I'll, I'll that's that's certainly a, a valid concern. But other than that, I loved it. Um, the the thing that like that I I loved the most, and I cannot I cannot for the life of you tell you why. But it just made me so happy to to put on my gas mask and and leave it there. Even when I wasn't being gassed or even when I was being gassed, like somebody throws a gas and it's like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to put on my gas mask and deny you the, the kill or whatever. Um, and for some reason, that just oh, yeah. made me smile. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I like that you could have it on, but you couldn't aim down the sights when you had it on. Yes. So you yes. you weren't encouraged to have it on all the time. But uh, it kind of had the cool little outline like you were actually looking through goggles. Um, yes, it was yes. pretty yes. badass. And the sound was um, was, was kind of um, it, it wasn't as uh, things weren't as audible when you had the gas mask on. So yeah, um, I, I for life I can't find when the beta ends. Um, it might kind of be a little open ended right now, um, but we can obviously add that into the comments later if uh, we we get a dis- definitive date. But I'm having trouble nailing an actual date down. But it is available right now on Xbox and PS4, and I, I assume PC as well. So if yes, you want to give PC it a shot, well. um, definitely worth. Worth giving a, a try. Um, I'm not typically a fan of the Battlefield games. I probably won't pick this one up, but uh, it, it was it was certainly interesting. And like I said, the game's gorgeous. It it plays really well. I think it just might not be a game for me, um, but I, mm-hmm. I do think the production quality is definitely there. So give it a shot uh, if you are interested. One more thing, and I'm done about Battlefield. And we can sure, move on. Sure. the The map is just terrible, in my opinion. Oh, the map! The yeah. map is the fucking worst map ever yeah. in the history of multiplayer. It's really open and really big. I mean, the big I don't mind, but it's really open. <laughs> it's like a dust map, yeah. then. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's, like, it's worse. pretty, though. It is, yeah, it's actually good. No, my issue is that the, the snipers would get up on that, yep. that kind of central yep. plateau with the ramp to get up there yes. being in the area you can't go, so you mm-hmm. had to counter-snipe mm-hmm. them. There's no way to, to, to fight them otherwise. Yep. That's what was driving me nuts, because like, like, three dudes were shutting down everybody. Because you could see the whole map. We couldn't counter-snipe them. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was absurd, and the only way to get up there was in their red line, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's that that might have also been part of what was pissing me off is me feeling like I I cannot counter this guy to save my life. I found and it was a lot of use, on the map. I had to find I found myself using vehicles to get from place to place. Oh yeah, or or the uh, the bayonet charge because I think it's faster than sprinting. I use that just, just to clear bit, distances because bit. I'm like, oh god, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> please don't shoot me. It's like yes. I'm sprinting across the sand, and, and I, of, of course, course die still anyways. Get, but still get fucking sniped. Yeah, because some dude you know gets a perfect headshot. It's sprinting. I'm like, how I'm the, you, okay. it's the it's the lack of bullet drop. 
but see, I, but, <laughs> I, I'm used to Battlefield having bullet drop, so I was trying to account for it. So that's probably why I couldn't hit shit. Because exactly what my friend time. said. Exactly what my friend said. He's like, I think there's no bullet drop. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. There isn't. Oh man. Okay. Well, that explains a lot. I, I mm-hmm. just terrible at sniping, but that that does make sense. Anything else on Battlefield before we move on, guys? All right, sounds good. Um, another thing that I'm going to mention that is uh, going to be free to play is coming uh, September 9th through the 12th. Uh, Overwatch will be free to play for both PS4 and Xbox players. Um, so if you have not given Overwatch a shot, um, definitely a chance to, to pick it up and give it a go. I think it has all characters and maps unlocked for you to play as. I don't think there's too many limitations on what you can do. Um, it, it'll probably bar you from competitive play or whatever, but I'm, I'm guessing for just random pub matches, if you want to give it a shot, it will give you a good chance to demo the game and try it out on console. And Pokey has uh, no so excuse to not be playing it next weekend. So. I'll, I'll give it another shot. We'll see how it goes. And, and uh, the new map is out as of... Um... As of Thursday, which is a weird release day, they started uh, Season 2 of Competitive Play and released the new uh, Eichenwald map, which uh, involves a castle. So, I, I did. We did talk about that one. That's the cool kind of German-looking... Uh, yes, and now it's yes. out. That's that centered around Bastion, I think it was, the character? Uh, y- you know, it's, it's not... I wouldn't say it's centered around Bastion. The short that took place nearby it was. It was. Um, oh, okay. But uh, there's a character called Reinhardt who's actually... Um, uh, very obviously a, a, a German knight of sorts, and I, I imagine that he, he uh, this is kind of his turf, before a bunch of evil robots shot it up. You, you, know, you know. Right, right. Okay. Well, yeah, like I said, it's definitely worth giving a shot. I'll, I'll pick it up to appease L and, and tell him that I'm still probably not interested, but, you know, who knows? He, he could be right, <laughs> you know, sometimes. So. Uh, yeah, September 9th through the 12th, so just next weekend, uh, pick up Overwatch for uh, PS4 or Xbox. Um, so this is the part where I hand it over to Zell um, to talk about his favorite franchise ever and what you can do with their online game. So, Zell, what's going on with Star Trek Online? All right, so um, I, I, I just want to start with the fact that I actually hate this game. I, I, I literally, after I saw this news item, which is exciting, I, I re-downloaded the game and I tried it again and I remembered all the reasons I think it's a piece of pile of trash. Um, <laughs> but here's the cool thing is... Um, uh, so, you know, in, in Star Trek Online, they let you, like, hack apart your ships and make them ugly ugly as sin um you can you can customize the paint and stuff on your on your starship and and they have lots of different modelable parts and stuff so you can get a unique looking star trek ship ish um and the thing is of course and it has its name and its registry number and everything um but this is really cool is they're actually they've partnered with a 3d printing company and they've gotten all the appropriate licensing from uh, cbs you're actually going to be able to 3d print your ship from the game um, and they will ship it to you, um, which is really, really cool um, because you can actually, you know, design your, your your ship however you want, paint it, put your name on it, and then print it and have them mail it to you. Um, and this is like one of those things like I, I want every game to do this because you put a lot of time and effort into some of your MMO characters, you know, they're unique in, in certain respects, and now you can print them. How much does it cost? I don't know, but I'm assuming that an arm and a leg is probably a minimum cost. I don't know. Are the models pretty big? Or, I mean, are they small? I mean, how, how large is it going to be when you print it out? Or are there options? Do you know? Uh, they're, they said they're looking for the uh, one-foot range, 12-inch. 12 12 inch. Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty big. That's pretty so, big. But, yeah, additional details on pricing and availability coming soon. So, 
yeah, I mean, 3D printing thankfully is not too expensive, but it's still pretty fair, pretty fairly decent sized mo- model. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that's the, I think that's a thing that would appeal to a lot of people if they could actually, uh, you know, get a, a custom version of, of, you know, their MMO character or whatever customized character they, they've built. And I, I mean, for Final Fantasy, I'd probably be interested in that as well because there are some pretty uh, gorgeous designs that they have. It'd be kind of neat to have like a little a little miniature of, of the character that you may have, you know, had for, for years if you've been, you know, playing that game for a long time. Uh, that can be kind of fun if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, so, Zell, uh, I kind of to close the show up here. You played a new game called The Turing Test. This is one that we kind of saw um, at E3, and I think came out pretty recently. Is that correct? Yeah, it came out on um, I believe the thirtieth of of August. Um, and uh, so I I like had just heard about it. Really, I you know it may it may have been mentioned. <laughs> we may have even mentioned it during the E3 show, and I didn't remember anything about it. Um, but I, as far as it entered my direct consciousness um, in the last couple of days, I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna try this," and so I bought it. Um, the Turing Test is um, a uh, very Portal-esque puzzle game. Um, it's twenty dollars, so it won't break the bank. Um, like the original Portal itself, it's a very short game. Um, I've I'm like five sevenths of it done. Um, it's got chapter-wise. And I think I and I've spent like three and a half hours playing it. So it's 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 one of those six hour range games. You know, if you if you really put your mind to it and you you know what you're doing, you can you can beat this thing out in a night. Um, but it's 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 really fun. Um, it's the amount of portal it is 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 hilarious. It's it's everything that is portal without the portal gun. You have a um, AI robot talking you through the entire sequence of levels. You go. It's literally a series of te- of test rooms, um, which involve you know blocks and buttons and doors and switches, um, and and you go through them. And and when you finish the level, there's like a blue grid that dematerializes anything that you try to take with you between the different puzzle levels. It's it's so very incredibly portal in what it is. Um, but it's got a little different gimmick. It's got um, instead of a um, portal gun, you have an energy manipulator, and it pulls these little energy balls out of sockets and puts them in other sockets, and and those activate doors and switches and stuff. And then there's the the blocks, which can also power things, and you can put them on buttons. And um, it's got I, I would say it has a better story than Portal One, though. Um, there's definitely a bit of a thing unfolding. Um, it, it's it's set on. Um, the uh, Europa, the moon of Jupiter, and you are a uh, astronaut who is in a space station overhead, um, and there is a station on the ground, and the ground crew they have lost contact with, and so the uh, AI wakes you up and sends you down to find out what happened. Um, and uh, as one can imagine, because this is <laughs> said very similar to Portal, um, the robot is a little bit off in some ways. Um, I, the The whole point of it being called the Turing test is that um, these are supposed to be puzzles that a human cannot solve, or I mean that a robot cannot solve. So it is a test to prove you are human to get through them. Um, it, there is actually some funny dialogue regarding it, and, and there's there's a comment where, you know, uh, this actually, the protagonist does speak, unlike uh, Portal and Half-Life and, and Valve games in general. Um, your character does speak. It's, it's not something you control. It's just dialogue. Um, but um, there's a point where your character asks the uh, robot who's called Tom, how he would try and solve the puzzle. And he says, um, 
chop your arm off and and leave it on the button <laughs> rather than of course a complicated puzzle in order to get a block that you can put on the button instead um so there's there's a whole bit too about how he actually can't come up with solutions that he hasn't already seen um and it loops into other things it's 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 really it's really good it's really fun the story's fun the gameplay is fun um i actually played it with a friend um it, it was helpful to have someone over my shoulder. I could talk through what I was trying to solve, and sometimes he figured it out first. Sometimes I figured it out first. But um, it's it's just a fun, engaging little game, um, and I absolutely recommend it. Um, the The only thing that I thought was <laughs> a little funny was there's character portraits of all the crew, and uh, and if it's a character that you're actually going to see physically in the game. <laughs> It's a 3D modeled character, and if it's just a character that you will hear about in the game, it's a photo. Re- it's like a photo pasted in there. It's it's hilarious how you can the, how different they look. But other than that, um, you know, minor nitpicks aside, it's really fun. It's really good. Um, it's actually from a a company I haven't heard of, a studio called I think it was uh like Bulkhead Studios, and it's published through Square Enix Collective, which is like their uh, indie publishing platform. It's fantastic, and this is available only on PC. I don't know. I believe it's uh, I believe it's PC and Xbox. I, I have to double check that. And how much did you pay for it on PC? It was uh, twenty dollars for the game, and it was um, there was a little bit of a discount, twenty four dollars for the collector's edition. Okay, and you said you're about five sevenths of the way through. About how long have you been playing so far? As, as I said, it was three and a half hours that I put in so far. So three and a half hours. Okay. I, I hope hopefully the the end puzzles are a little bit tougher than the the beginning puzzles, so I'm kind of guessing I'm going to round it out at about six hours, which is about where Portal sat for me as well. Yeah, that's about right. Okay, so yeah, it looks like it is available on PC and on Xbox One. Um, I don't think there's a PS4 version yet, um, but uh, it looks like it is out out for both platforms, so uh, yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. I'm not sure if I'll pick it up. I kind of... I, I, it's a little short sounding for, for my taste for the price. I might wait for it to go down on PC, but uh, definitely if it's like portal, it's, it's well worth uh, taking a look at because portal is hilarious. And this sounds like it's pretty good as well. Yeah. It's short, but it's joyful and fun. I would say, I, I would say that I think um, GLaDOS's comments are more immediately funny and Tom's are more funny when you, they, they have a, they have a longer payoff. Um, there, there are little clever hints that tie the things he says that, that make it immensely funnier than just the comment in itself. All right. Sounds pretty good, man. Um, anything else in the Turing test before we kind of close this one up? Just, you know, buy it. If you, if you like portal, you'll like this. If you don't like portal, you're not a human being and you're a terrible whatever. And, and you're wrong. And if you haven't tried portal, you should try portal. If well, and if you don't like portal, portal you're, yeah, you're not a human being and you will blow past the Turing test then. So, you know, it makes sense. Exactly. If it's 2016 okay. and you haven't played Portal yet, I think there's something wrong. It's free everywhere, isn't it? Like, they don't even no. care anymore. No, but Portal's usually... Valve is usually selling it for $5 or something like that, yeah. and during Steam sales, it goes down to, like, $2. It's... it's Yeah, um... And, and yeah, for people who haven't played Portal, I don't know what's wrong with them, because it's it's wow. portal. it's freaking portal it's um it's actually ten dollars still on steam that's a, i got it for free one day for a special feature but i'm I'm amazed they still charge 10 bucks for that it's it's worth it mind you but i i think almost everybody has it by this point as as if if you have not played portal i, I never played portal 2 can you play portal 2 and, and more or less understand what's going on without yeah. playing portal 1 you you can um 
you, you certainly can't. I mean, know what's going on. You don't really ever know what's going on in Portal. I think that's part well, of the like, point. Right. Um, but, uh, and, and Portal 2 is, is brilliant as well, but Portal 2 really, like, Portal 2 is a drastically longer game than either this or Portal 1. It's, um, Portal 2 you'll spend 20, 25, 30 hours on. Plus has that uh, multiplayer aspect to it, right? It's it the, it the does co-op. have a, it is co-op. It also has um, Portal Two has a uh, Steam Workshop integration, so there's a ton of uh, additional levels. I was actually playing some uh, user-created Portal Two levels today as well. Um, they, oh yeah, Steam yeah. Workshop is badass. Yes, they they really fleshed it out. And the the couple of user-created levels I was playing today, it was downright impossible to tell that they weren't made by valve themselves short of maybe the lack of glados quips in it but that's that's it i mean the the actual production quality was absolutely top-notch yeah i mean that's that's probably a good topic for another date um going on about uh, steam workshop or just player generated content in general i mean it's some stuff that i've seen um playing around with like doom snap map for example some of the the maps people made are, are on par with the original game um if not better with some of the stuff they've done and the creativity of what they've you know shown and and what they can do it's i, I think that uh, i wish that player generated content it would take more of a forefront than it, it has been in recent years i think little big planet kind of hit it up really hardcore obviously and it, it didn't quite take off as much as i hope because there are some really really high quality things out there and i i do hope that uh it, it remains more mainstream rather than just you know uh, mods on PC games because I think there's a lot of really good stuff people can do out there. Well, you've I seen some of the of Mario Mario Maker stuff, right? Maker stuff, oh, right? dude, that that stuff's insane. Like <laughs> I, stuff I, I where you it, never it, get like a single moment to like stand on a ledge and look. It's just all like bouncing off of things that are dying while bouncing to the next thing and dodging something. Oh, yeah. Something. And doing crazy spin. Basically, if you do these following 27,000 steps and you do them perfectly at the right time, you can complete this level. It's easy. <laughs> like, some of the stuff is, is nuts. Um, but yeah, if I had a Wii U, I would be all over that game because I love I love map building. It's, it's, a, it's a real fun thing that I enjoy doing. But uh, a lot of really... There aren't really good map builders out there for a lot of games, so it, it's it's a shame. I, I always jump on one when I see it, which is kind of why I grab Doom or why I would like to see uh, uh, Mario Maker if I if I had a Wii U. And I I don't know. I didn't see anything particularly saying Turing Test had any sort of third, or, you know, uh, Steam Workshop type abilities. But just like Portal, I could totally see it, and I kind of hope that that might be a thing that if if they're successful with it, they look at. Yeah, I mean the the. The gameplay itself looks like it would be well suited for that that sort of thing, so I, I think that they, they probably will eventually. A lot of games that I've purchased on Steam that end up being popular tend to get the the Steam Workshop treatment, which is which is always fantastic because you know it's it's going to work then um, because it's you know Steam the way the mod is applied is is more direct rather than kind of hacking the game. So definitely cool stuff. Anything else, guys? Before we uh, bring this one in for a close. Alrighty then, uh, we'll probably go into shoutouts here. Um, so again, I just want to thanks guys. We're going to uh, I tried a game today, um, and we'll talk about it more uh, uh, next week called Seven Days to Die. I got the PS4 version, but uh, I did not play it enough to really give a good proper review. So I'll be talking about that next week. So if that's a game you played on PC and, and want to get our thoughts on, um, be sure to check in next week. But as for uh, shoutouts, let's start uh, with Libby. What's your shoutout for the week, Libby? Uh, as usual, I really don't have one, um, but I am looking forward to see who's actually going to buy the jacket that uh, Steve Jobs flipped off IBM in. It's good. 
don't know. I'm just curious. I'm just That's curious. a thing? I, I didn't even know that was a thing. That is such a thing. <laughs> okay, I'll look into that. <laughs> All right. Um, Beach, shoutouts, man? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I would like to give a, a big shout out um, to my city uh, that I live in now. Today is uh, 904 is the, the numerical date, uh, which happens to be the area code for my, my city. Um, so there's usually some really fun stuff going around today or going around uh, around the, the town. Um, so I got to go out and uh, uh, with friends and uh, and do some of those things. So that was really fun. Um, there were no zombies out and about, right? There were no zombies out and about. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, shout out to the Battlefield 1 beta. Been having a good time with that. Um, and I guess that's about it. All right. Sounds good, man. All right, Zell, you're up. I, w- I would give a shout out to um, Labor Day and having a three-day weekend, but I had to work all Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had to be up really early the last uh, this morning. I had to be really uh, up really early, and I had to be up really early yesterday. And I, I have I, I barely am, I'm going to get a one day weekend out of this by the end of it. Um, but yeah, so um, for everybody else, um, enjoy your your uh, holiday if you're here in the United States um, or anywhere else that observes it. I don't think anyone does. Um, and uh, that's all I got. All right. Um, my shout out this week is going to go to uh, the group that produced uh, Final Fantasy XV Kingsglaive. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, you guys did a fantastic job. Absolutely gorgeous visuals. Uh, a story that, that left me wanting to know more about the universe, and I'll, I'll definitely be looking forward to getting more of that. So, uh, great job on the movie, guys. I, I really, really liked it. Um, as for us over here at Biomast, if you want to be on the show or have a topic for us, uh, be sure to hit us up either on Twitter, I'm uh, at PokeDraven, or you can hit Zell at OCDTrekkie. Um, also, uh, you can email us as at Poke.Draven at Gmail, um, or I think Soraya at Biomast.com. Uh, you can dot net. hit us dot up. Net. Dot net. God damn it. And, and, <laughs> I'll get it right eventually. And uh, check out... Uh, this week's uh, actual blog post that this post is uh, uh, that this uh, show accompanies uh, for any related links, trailers, and stuff that we come up with for the stuff that we talked about on the show, um, and and feel free to leave comments there as well. Yep, we we do appreciate comments and feedback. Uh, we have a few regulars that post, and we we obviously appreciate it. And we often get topics from that people mentioning things like, uh, for example, the the uh, new drop suit lore plug that was in uh, that was in our comments so uh, you know be sure to get on there we do, we do appreciate uh, having actual feedback um, we, we, we see our bandwidth numbers but you know it's good to hear from you guys directly so uh, be sure to get on the website and let us know what you guys think um, that being said I think we're good to bring this in for a close um, we got a lot of topics by next week uh, with packs running and uh, my experiences with seven days to die and, and how much I hate myself by playing it so <laughs> we'll have stuff to talk about but uh, be sure to hit us up uh, but yeah, uh, so thanks guys. Have a great three day weekend. Be safe out there on Labor Day if you are in the United States and have the day off and, uh, have a good night.